And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You guys should join up as co-managers. We'll have fun. No. Score sheet almost ruined my marriage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite pastime as we wait for a lockout to end. It's under the radar! With me, as always, my friend and yours, Ian Kai. Hello, my friends. Your friend of mine, Derek Hello. Uh, good times, I guess. I mean, you know, I, whatever. We're still going to do a show. We're still going to have some fun. We're still going to give uh, fantasy advice. For sure. It's a busy time. Yeah, I don't think, actually, I don't think much is going to change. Like, I, I'm under the impression that there could be secret meetings and a deal struck, you know, within the next 10 days. So, I think the backlash has been so terrible that, uh, I mean, I could be way wrong. Maybe that's just the optimist in me. What do you think, DVR? Ugh. I am just mad. I don't think people need me to be mad right now, so I feel like I should just not opine on the matter. Be strong for everyone else, DVR. That's selfless of you. It's all right. Okay. He's saving his rant. He's saving his rant for racing barrels. I think that's really what this is about. (laughs) Maybe he's already done it. Have you already done (laughs) it? No, they record after us. This is Wednesday this week. We're going early. Oh, okay. See, that's uh, the schedule has changed. It has been recorded already. So, all right. So, so you already done. You've already done your rant about that. Tuesday, well, we're recording on Wednesday, and this show will come out Friday morning, but... I already can't follow, and I know the schedule. <laughs> anyway, what happened? <laughs> everything's, a, everything's a mess right now. So, you know, on Tuesday, when we found out that there was going to be at least a small delay and, and possibly a longer delay, I think I was on fire for most of the day, not on podcasts, which is great, because you should not vent on podcasts if you can help it. And I, I feel really bad for... Anybody who was within earshot of me all day Tuesday, because I was just mad at the world. And, you know, that's not a good, healthy place to be. No, there's a lot. And there's a lot of, a lot of big feelings going on for good reason. Um, all right. Well, so, all right. I, Nando, how do you feel about it? I don't, I'm actually, I don't care. I don't know why. Like, I'm not fired up. I'm not anything about it. I'm just like, let's just, you know, let's get on with things. I care, and I, I've been sort of staying away from it the whole time. And then I sent you guys a tweet that I had not tweeted, which sounds so, like, small. A tweet. I did a tweet. You rehearsed your tweets with us. No, I didn't. No, I just, I... Uh, you get you get a feel for the room, and they're like, oh, yeah, maybe nah, I won't put this one No, you publicly. guys didn't say anything about it. You didn't say, wow, that's good, or wow, that's misspelled. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, I, nothing. I, didn't know you were, I didn't know you were practicing on it. Well, well no, I wasn't. I, I, I What happened which one was, was, was it? I was, was going to tweet out something and then i was like eh, i don't really want to so i was like i'll send it to the guys because then i'll at least just tell you guys how i'm feeling about this and then this morning i was like you know what i really i'm gonna pull that back i'm gonna copy i'm a big copy and paste fan like i like putting notes and some other stuff and then i'm like oh there it is okay boom pop and so this morning i was like you know what and i'm gonna read my tweet if baseball wasn't such an integral part of my life at this point i would make a commitment to step away from watching and attending baseball I'm not willing to make that move, but there are a lot more people who are less entwined with the game. The owners have misstepped. 
Because those are my feelings. If this wasn't like a major part of my life, fantasy baseball, I'd be like, screw you guys. I'm g- screw you guys. I'm going home. Yes. <laughs> I'm going home. Yes. <laughs> I don't need you. You know what I mean? Like, you guys suck. <laughs> and and frankly, just this is from my perspective, and everyone can have their own opinion. I respect your opinion with your opinion. But I, I feel I felt like the owners are, are being uh, – uh, let's put it this way. I found Rob Manfred's press conference – unappealing so i i i look at it as the owners have made this choice well no it's not that i look at it that way the owners have made this choice in 1984 the players chose to go on strike so screw you players you're going home well now the owners have chosen to lock out the players so you know it's like one of those things like whose fault it is who started it he started well we know who started it this time the owners started it The players are coming in with a bit of an attitude because they feel five years ago that they were not handled appropriately. And now we're we're having a fight about it. And unfortunately, for the first time, as COVID is going is is lessening, certainly, and we could have a full baseball season and some sense of normalcy. I just, you know, if again, if I was not so deeply entwined with baseball, I'd be like, you know, I'm not going to follow baseball this year. That's how I would feel about it. And that tends to be how I look at like political candidates. Like I can look at a political candidate and even if I don't agree with him and I go, oh, I kind of like him or I kind of like her. It gives me the idea that how other people might be feeling too. So all that tweet was, was saying, I think that there are going to be a lot more seats available at Yankee Stadium that you can get real cheap for the next couple of years and maybe for the next generation. No, people, it's not, no one's going to change. Everyone's going to still come to games. Maybe, maybe. I know in 19, I know that every time there people was a People aren't going to boycott. Like five people are going to boycott. No, nah, I don't think they'll boycott. I just think that they'll go, ah, screw you guys, I'm going home. Which is a good title of this episode. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Well, you can't, I mean, it's scientifically, you can't prove anything because we're still technically in a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know what it's going to look like to begin with. Look, the game is not as beloved as football or basketball. Can we agree with that? I mean, I agree. I, I, I believe that, that baseball, when I was a kid growing up, baseball was the number one sport. When I was like, you know, basketball wasn't, certainly. Then football wasn't. It was baseball. Baseball was the national pastime. Baseball is no longer the national pastime. Football is the national pastime. People aren't as excited for opening day in baseball as they are for football. Not even close. Basketball is much more beloved than baseball at this point. So you're taking a smaller you know, audience and you're making them mad. I don't know. At least they're making me mad. They made me mad. I just thought, wow, you know, uh, you know, the, the night before when they're like, Hey, we're really close. I was like, you know what? If they could pull this off, that would be great with everything else going on in this wide world. Wouldn't it be great if we could actually start baseball on time? It's like, God, we can't, we can't even do that. Can we? Okay. All right. I don't care as much, but I do. Ian Khan, personally, me personally, I have a podcast that I do with Derek Van Riper and Nando DeFino. I play Whoa. in many fantasy baseball leagues. I, I talk the game. So many of my friends are, you know, it's a major part of my social world is fantasy baseball. So I'm not going to give it up out of spite. But again, I think there are a lot of people out there, maybe people who aren't listening to the show this week, who are like, you know what, whatever, fix your, fix your crap. I'm, I'm going to go watch Netflix. I'm going to go watch this, you know, miniseries instead. And I would respect the hell out of that. Canceled Netflix this week, by the way. Did you know? You may want to. I mean, there's nothing good on. Well, you may want to bring that back because baseball is going to be gone. Not that you care that much, but uh, but for me, it's gonna. It's 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 too bad. It's too bad. So, you know, it's too bad. It's 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 not. 
It's not great. So that's my that's my rant, so to speak. I think it was. I was joking when I said we budgeted twenty minutes for you up top. To rant <laughs> okay, well, it. I took it anyway. That was, <laughs> he took that very literally. <laughs> I did. Well, I gave it nine. Yeah, six minutes. And then snuck it in Nando, which is did I call you Nando? Anything? Yeah. Did even DVR, Nando? DVR didn't even correct you, which is more even, hurtful. Did I say Nando Dufino? I haven't spoken since he did it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well. There you go. I'm saving it for an appropriate time to be named later. I am going to hold off on speaking for the next 12 minutes to make up for my six minutes there. How's that sound? No, please, man. We promised you 20. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I'm done. No, Nando made a great rundown. Yeah, he actually did. (laughs) It did not. It was a really, it was a very selfish rundown. That's a good At least there's things to discuss, so it's pretty exciting. I'm ready to go whenever you are. Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to shout out... um, Everybody who left the reviews, uh, we get six, six reviews. Only one was Marty Decker is the effing man. Uh. Um, we, like that's <laughs> I, I, that was funny. Like I didn't want people to just you know like be. All, I mean, I, I, it's touching and it's actually very beautiful. And thank you for all the nice things everybody said on there. But uh, it's it's awkward. You know, I didn't want to like beg for people to say nice really? things. Really, because you kind of begged for everybody to say really nice about things. about you. I wanted to hear nice yeah, things about Ian. Nobody needed. Nobody. It's okay. Kind of. Some you know some unfair nah, arrows along okay. Ian's I, way. I've been a professional. I was a professional actor for a very very long time. I received many many reviews. I remember uh, some of the bad ones, and you kind of learn to live with it. It's just well, kind yeah, of the way it is. You know, it's always nice. If people they, people man, can just bounce it out for you. Who like? I, I appreciate that, but but look, man, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. All right, how about that? If everybody yeah. likes you, you're doing it wrong. You gotta, you gotta like make a, you gotta make a wave in the world. And when you make a wave, it makes people mad. I respect it. I understand it. I understand what the parameters are. I'm good with it. We All do right, have so one problem show. though. But wait, we what? do have a problem. Everybody freaking loves DVR. So what are you doing wrong, DVR? Everybody. I think loves there you. was a review somewhere in there that called the host monotone. That was you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not monotone. <laughs> Anyway, there was a football show, I think, where I, I got tagged with that. Oh, did you? Okay, good. The host is monotone, and he only wants to talk about baseball. And I'm like, what episode was <laughs> that? That is definitely That's you. definitely not representative of what that show normally is. But okay, hey, man, good. So there you go. We're all good. Go. We all we yeah, all have a little good. bit of a little bit of uh, people not liking us is a good thing. It really is. And there are a lot of people who do like us, which is great. And we're grateful to you for taking the time and seeing that our podcast is in your feed and going, yeah, I want to listen to that. Enough about us. Yeah, please. Let's let's talk about our teams. So <laughs> we got uh, a bunch of drafts going on at the same time right now. We really do big industry we- news. And what was that? I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just what? saying. I want to hear your tout wars. Oh, we- you know what that was? That was an air horn that I guess only I could hear because I'm up in the fan tracks. I have my fan tracks window open. I'm up in tout wars right now. Tout wars. Tout wars. How Thank are you? you. Weirdo. Tout say wars. It. Hold on, I gotta actually, I gotta pick real quick because I don't want labor. Labor, actually, that's right. funny. What if we Jack did that Flaherty? Way? Welcome to the squad. Uh, Live Jack pick Fl- of Jack Flaherty. What pick did you take, Jack Flaherty? What round, round did you take? Round six, pick number six in a fifteen-team league. So that would be like ninety-six. Okay, I also uh, took Jack Flaherty. I'm sorry, it was eighty-one actually. Eighty-one. Okay, um, I took Jack <laughs> Flaherty <laughs> with the hundred and six pick. All right. Well, I guess I could have waited. Mm, I don't know. I, I, apparently, if you were in this league, I, what, what other pitchers were available? What other pitchers were available? That's the question. Yeah, who else was still out there? Uh, Luis Castillo was there. Yeah, I, okay. I like I like Flaherty better. I think they're, they're you know Flaherty's got strikeouts. Castillo's had up and down. Whatever. Uh, oh, the Ian special, but I think he's going to last. He's actually my cue. Is Frankie Montas, Alec Manoa, 
Trevor Rogers, you Darvish, Shane McClanahan, mm-hmm. Tyler Molly. Was Logan Webb there? Justin Verlander. I don't think so. I don't see him. Logan Webb fell in my uh Logan Webb fell in my TGFBI quite far. I pass on him. TGFBI, by the way, is the great fantasy baseball invitational for those of you who don't know. It's uh it's a huge yeah, Justin Mason runs it. It's a billion people are in it. Uh, experts, regular people. It's if it's Scott Fishbowl for baseball, basically, if you're into the football side of things. That's all. I think that's a good explanation of it. Five by five roto. Five by good five stuff. roto. DVR, yeah. you have anything? DVR, you got it. We got to get the ball to DVR because I got. I, I have something I really want to say about Logan Webb and Kevin Gossman, but it, it can totally wait because it. Ariel Cohen sent me a really nasty text that I'm happy to share. So <laughs> DVR, DVR, share. You got to talk. You got to get the ball to DVR. We got to feed the big man down low. I think you showed tremendous restraint by not opening the show with the nasty text from Ariel, and you should be commended for that. But I think <laughs> Jack Flaherty and Frankie Montas were actually at a crossroads decision for me in DGFBI. It's kind of weird. We didn't talk about this beforehand, even though we, we could have. I think I've realized that Frankie Montas has been undervalued so far this draft season. The stuff is good. The command is good. The durability's been yeah. there. I mean, he's got 240 innings going back to the shortened season. His workload is up there among the league leaders right now. He's still in a pitcher-friendly environment. In Oakland, if he gets traded, he ends up on a better team. So he's in a good spot right now. And I think what I didn't realize until I had to make the decision was that I like Montas more than Flaherty. I like Montas as much as I like Mac Freed, uh, Max Freed and, and Jose Barrios and a lot of other guys. I had him probably... 10 spots lower until I was faced with the decision to actually make uh, a pick between these guys. And I think it's interesting that you you could spend your entire winter ranking players, projecting players, and thinking about players. And as you start building rosters and actually going through the process of a draft or an auction, your opinions change a little bit when you actually have to do it. it it's, it's really kind of fascinating to me that you could stare at the numbers for hours and hours and hours and think you have it, but then when you're on the clock, you actually do something a little bit different because you see something a slightly different way when the horn goes off, as we just heard for, for Nando a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Wait, you guys couldn't hear that though, right? No. That's funny. I didn't hear it. But you reacted yeah, to you it, went, so we definitely well, know what happened. I thought it was like Ian's one of his alerts on his phone. I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> Time to do push-ups. Burpees. That <laughs> yeah, was an air horn. <laughs> Which way did you go, DBR? So I didn't actually get to choose Montas, but I, I I had both of them available. And I said, all right, I've got Montas ahead of Flaherty. There's eight picks between my turns. I'm going to take something else here and then wait and see who falls because I think they're close enough. And actually, the room also preferred Montas, so Flaherty was the one that fell. And I was kind of bummed, and that's when I knew. It was like, yeah, if I had if I had actually had the choice between the two, I would have taken Frankie Montas. There's less injury risk there. I think that's yes. the one part of Jack Flaherty that I have been ignoring probably to my peril so far this draft Did season. you take Flaherty? Did you take him? I have him. Yeah, ah, I have him, So we all I, three took Jack Flaherty this week. How about that? There was no chance that I was drafting Jack Flaherty. There's just no chance. And then there was an, it was a no-brainer when I got to it. Um, actually, this is a good decision. I have two things I want to say. The first thing is uh, I want to give a tip to people. If you're deciding between two players, I may, I think I said this in season two, but it's worth a repeat. If I'm deciding between two players, what I do is I take out a quarter and I say, okay, Montas is heads, Flaherty is tails. And then I toss it. 
And it doesn't matter what it lands on. All that matters is what do you hope it lands on? Because that's the guy you want. <laughs> uh, that should be more, all right. That one's not that. I didn't hear, just hear that one by myself. That was an Ian Ding. That was just oh, no, you. That was an Ian Ding. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Just make sure. To, hey, that's actually great. Uh, you sounded like uh, Tony Robbins right there. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I think that's a, a, that's a compliment. A I, well, I mean, he's still a reference. Yeah, oh, for, <laughs> he's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just had to shut off all my stuff. So, so that was the that was the first thing I wanted to share with people. If you don't know, like I do that with Robert Mershak, who is uh, my teammate and partner in so many of these leagues. We were deciding which way to go with something, and I said, "All right, heads or tails." And he's like, "Or well, is it really going to come down to that?" And I was like, "No, it's just about what you hope happens." Will tell tell me what you really want. Um, and so it's it's fun to do, especially in a draft, slow draft, where you have the time to kind of go, oh, wow. So I, I do want to share this story. It was the fifth round. I had taken uh, Betts and Otani. I had the 15th pick. So I took Betts at the wheel in the first, and then I took Otani in the second. Otani in and out as both, or did you have to choose? Yeah, and Otani the way you do it, right? Well, like t- no, can, it's how they're making, you have to choose. You have, What? You yeah, they're saying these two players in tout again. Yeah. Same as uh, all right. So he's two players in tout. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, though that's not going to play for me because I'm playing NL only in tout this year. So no show to Tony. That's fine. I don't have to deal with that. So then I went Iglesias at 45, and then I went Buxton at 46. And the reason I went Buxton at 46 is because there's an overall, and if Buxton stays healthy, he could be a top 10 player. And there was also a one percent chance he was going to be there at 75. Yes, yeah, no chance, no chance. And the pitchers that I was considering, though, I, as I said, I'm going to hold off on pitching. Remember I said that early in this offseason. I said, I don't want to pay for pitching at the top. I want to pay for pitching around six, seven, eight. Like, that's where I think the value in the pitching comes in. So then it came to five, six, and available was Berrios, Gossman, Cease, Musgrove, Charlie Morton, Logan Webb, Alec Manoa, Nathan Ivaldi, Luis Castillo, Frankie Montas, you Darvish, Jack Flaherty, Trevor Rogers, Justin Verlander. And I said, and it, everyone was taking hitters. So all these pitchers were dropping. And I thought to myself, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm not going to take any of these pitchers because I don't like any of them enough more than any of the rest of them. Like I kind of put them all, not all in the same. I was, I think if I was going to take two pitchers, I think I would probably would have taken Musgrove and Webb, Musgrove and Logan Webb. But I said, you know what? I'm going to take care of Arenado. I'm going to take care of third base with Arenado at value. And I'm going to take care of Corey Seager and get that average up because Otani's average isn't quite high enough for such a high round pick. So I'm going to take Seager also, and I'm not going to take any pitching. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six with no starters. And the thought process was, so, so, okay. So then I get a text message. I guess I'm there. I get a text message from Ariel. Did I tell you guys what he wrote? Or I just said there was a, a weird text. You said it was a nasty text message. Man, yeah. I didn't say it was nasty. I don't, no, no, no. I didn't, yeah. I, well, I didn't say nasty. I didn't mean nasty. He writes to me and he says, you have no starting pitchers through six rounds. And then nothing, Wait, right? please tell me, is he not in your league? Because that would make this a no, thousand no, times not, funnier. No, he's not in my league. No, no, no. This is he's, amazing. He's following along. He's following along. Yes. He says, you have no starting pitchers through six rounds. And then this was the, and then I didn't answer right away because I was like, yeah, that's right. I was, I think I was working or whatever. And he, he then he writes, you good with that? <laughs> uh, I don't know why. In my mind, as I'm picturing this, I'm picturing the NES Legend of Zelda. 
you know, the original one with the, the red lettering on the cartridge, the gold cartridge, red lettering. And I'm picturing Ian walking into a cave to speak to Ariel <laughs> instead of calling him on the phone. And I'm picturing, picturing an 8-bit Ian and an 8-bit Ariel and the white text going across the screen. And it's hilarious. And I don't know if anyone else would picture that and, and think it's it. as funny I as I do. Going. I don't know I'm why. I'm up what you're putting down. I don't know why uh, this is happening to me right now. What, is, what are you guys doing to my brain? So it's like when you say, what is going on here? Yeah. Are you fine with it? Of course <laughs> right, you right, did right. it. You consciously did it. Like you chose so, to do I, I, it based on what the room was doing. And if you were at the <laughs> other end of the draft order, your team could look completely different. You might've been more pitching heavy because <laughs> there were good pitchers that you liked better than the cluster available there. I think this is why I keep saying you, you have to be willing and able to play multiple strategies because the board looks totally different. If you're at one end versus the other, if you're in the middle, maybe you can get away with having fewer strategies in your pocket, but on an end, especially the team I'm building in TGFBI looks nothing like any team I've built so far this draft season. I think of the 11 players I've got so far, maybe seven or eight haven't been on any other team that I've built so far. It seems pretty weird at first. Do I like this team? And then the more... The more you do, the further you get into it, the, the the way you see the pieces come together, I think you get more confidence. Oh, yeah, I've got good balance. I don't have the holes that I had when I built the team the other way. But, yeah, I, I think what you described in there, Ian, the, oh, there's eight or ten players and, and no one really pops from that group. That's a great reason to just kick the can on, on pitching or saves or, or whatever it is you're looking at where you see a cluster of players that are pretty similar. That's a great time to go get something else because you yeah. see a surplus of similar players and it's very unlikely that that entire cluster, even with a run of starting pitching, that all of those guys are going to be gone before it comes all the way back to you. There are 15 pitchers and there are 30 picks between my two picks and next. And other people have taken pitchers, but everyone's taking hitters. And what I wanted to do from the wheel and why the, one of the reasons I like being on the ends is I can then sort of change the 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 direction of the draft so arenado and seager i was getting at at cost every the next hitter that was taken was rendon and he was taken at 95 and his adp not that adp is anything his adp was 110 and that's what i was trying to do so i was getting arenado and seager no no no. that arenado rendon was taken at 80 and his ADP was 110, which is exactly what I was going for. Because then there was a run on all these other hitters, and they were reach, everybody was reaching for hitting. Because hitting was drying up. And I was trying to do that with the two, with the two hitters from that wheel spot. And so, all right, so I call him up. Of course, man. He, you can't reply with a text. No. I waited, and I was annoyed about something else. So I called him. I said, hello, Ariel. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, how, how you doing? I said, Ariel, um, what did that last text mean? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I noticed it. The, 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 you, 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 you don't have any starters and it's six, six, you know, six players in. I said, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understood that. But what, 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 what about the second one? Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, are you good with that? <laughs> I said, Ariel, yes, I, I, I clearly I'm good with that. I actually pressed draft. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I understand that, you, that you're good with it because obviously you have to be good with it because you took those players. But I guess I'm just trying to understand the strategy here. Like, well, what's your strategy? Why, why, why would you do that? 
So I explained to him and in the process, you know, and, and when you get into a, like a high end conversation with R.L. Cohen, like he, he, he knows the answer or believes he knows the answer. So he was waiting for me so he could, you know, take actuarially take me down, you know, just brick by brick and just point out why I was wrong. And here's the, here's the one thing that I thought of. And he's like, well, you know, Logan Webb, I mean, Logan Webb's really good. Kevin Gossman, Kevin Gossman's really good. And this is what I noticed. And this is what I wanted to share. Logan Webb and Kevin Gossman were two highly, you know, they're high in the ADP. And if I was going by ADP, they were clearly to get. But I went back and watched film all day of those pitchers. All of them. I watched all of them. And here's what I noticed. Logan Webb and Kevin Gossman last year, not all season, but most of the season, were pitching to one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, in Buster Posey. He was stealing pitches that were three inches off the plate. Like regularly. Neither one of those two are going to be pitching to that guy anymore. Now Gossman's pitching in Toronto. And now Logan Webb is not going to have those extra two to three inches off the corner. And so I don't want them. I don't want them at that price. And so the idea was, all right, I'm going to wait through all of these guys. And I'm going to hold my breath because if I don't get two good ones on the back end, then I'm wrong. Right? And then I was like, hey, yeah, I told you. I mean, you're really screwed with pitching. But I came back to me and the guy I wanted kind of was Darvish a little bit. I kind of wanted Darvish. So Montas went in the middle. Of, Montas was still there. I was considering Montas at the five, six Montas was there in the middle of the seventh. So it went another 20 picks before Montas was picked then. And then I started to get nervous because all that was left was Darvish, Flaherty and Rogers on this list. And then it was Verlander, but I, I wasn't going to go there. And, and, then, and then you drop into another level with Gallon, Baz and Snell and Rodon. So it comes back. Darvish gets picked two before me. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. Wilson Contreras gets picked right before me. Jack Flaherty, Trevor Rogers. So I got my two starters in the seventh and eighth round. And as always, I want to say, Ariel Cohen is uh, uh, my friend and a genius <laughs> at this game. Well, no, I, I really have to say that because he was like, well, you know, I mean, you're right. I probably shouldn't have been. That wasn't the smartest text. But, you know, even though I ran for president, I'm not always the smartest, Ian. So, but... Most importantly, and as I also pointed out, I do have Otani, who I can use as a pitcher in this format. So I feel really good. I feel really good. And I'm kind of happy with the way it's going. Of course, anything can change and injuries happen and everything else, but I'm pretty happy overall with the start. And I'm done talking for the rest of the show. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What are you guys doing about closers right now? Because I've noticed, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I was, I was looking earlier, and I'm like, oh, man, they're all gone, and it's a sixth round. It depends. It depends on what format you're doing. This is 15 team five by five. We're playing the same format, aren't we? 
No, we're not because we're playing uh, five by five draft 30 players and then fab every week. Oh, this is I'm, I'm going to draft and hold. You're in a draft and hold. Very different. So draft 50, but you still got to set lineups. Right. But ours, the ones that we're in, it's draft 30 and you're making moves every week. You're picking up players and dropping players. So I took Iglesias at 45 um, and I haven't taken another closer yet. DVR, what have you done with closers? In leagues where there are no in-season pickups, I'm still trying to go pretty aggressive. I would be comfortable with early, early closers if I'm sitting in the right spot. Hendricks, Hayter, Iglesias, Ryan Presley, all those guys. No no issues whatsoever. None. I'm trying to get two out of my top ten in draft and hold. It doesn't always work out. But in leagues where you have in-season pickups... I am finding that's a little too aggressive because you will have the benefit of throwing fab darts and, and making some moves and taking some chances late on your roster and, and turning those players off the roster later. So I think in typical leagues that the bulk of people out there are playing in, I think one like top eight closer is the optimal sort of goal. And a lot of that's going to be shaped on if you're in a draft where you're sitting in the draft order, or when it makes the most sense to you know, pass up on something else to try and and lock in at least 30 saves because you'll you'll take your chances in that next tier. You'll hopefully find another 30 to 40 saves between the other relievers you draft. Maybe you'll get lucky and get even more than that. But, you know, I think it's it's more like one of those top-end guys. And the mid-tier guy that I like a lot right now is Blake Trinan. I think if Blake Trinan ends up being the Dodgers' closer because they don't bring back Kenley Jansen, we are going to look at this earlier part of draft season and say... Holy smokes, Blake Trinan in the 10th round was a ridiculous value. And in the earlier part of draft season than this, he was even going even later, right? He's already crept up quite a bit because I think there's increasing belief that Kenley Jansen will not be a Dodger once the lockout is eventually resolved. And Blake Trinan still has what I think are elite skills for a reliever where he could be maybe a top three reliever this year with that opportunity. Ooh, wow, three? That good. Nice. I mean, he doesn't have to be a top three where he's going, right? If no. he just gets top eight, he gets 25 no, saves with good ratios, and you're getting him in Great. pick 140 to 150 range, you're very happy with that. Still some risk. They could bring back Jansen, but I am thinking it's more likely they don't than they do because they've got so much depth. Trident's done the job and, and done it very well in the past. I wonder if this is a thing where uh, as we get deeper and deeper into the season and more games being canceled, they would just bring back Jansen just for familiarity's sake, and be like, all right, you know, we're looking at a hundred and say twenty game season. Uh, let's not play any games. You know, one year, twenty million. Let's go. Let's go win the World Series. I wonder if that, like that, that timing is going to affect Jansen coming back or not. Uh, is it weird familiarity? I don't know if it, I don't think it is. That's why like stability yeah, that at the end of the bullpen, right? Like your guy who you know. I guess the the reason why I'm more confident in him going somewhere else than coming back is the Dodgers, you know, they live right by the competitive balance tax threshold. And given that that's sort of a hot button issue within the new CBA negotiation, it it doesn't seem likely to me that that's going to jump up all that much. And I think if they're going to stay close to that number or go further into the tax than they have maybe in the past, I, I feel like they would do it for a more impactful player than they would for a guy they don't really need. Like, as great as Kenley Jansen was at his peak, and even though he's still solid, if he, if he went to a place and had a job of his own, he'd probably still be a fringy top 10 closer in our game. As great as he's been, 
I think you'd be better off trying to get a little more depth if you're the Dodgers. You know, you, you lost Corey Seager in free agency. Add one more position player to the group. Just keep that as a, a level, a, that offense at a level that's just untouchable. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 see, I see Nando's POV on this one, actually. Oh. I think that that's... I, I just I his season wasn't that bad. I, I mean, think you're just saying that now because you wanted to pronounce my name correctly and do it as many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice recovery, good point, Nando. Derek. <laughs> well, Nando, um, you know the the there was some fall off at the end of the season, but he still he looked better last year than he has in quite some time. I also think the Dodgers have lots of bats that they like in their system. You know, I mean Miguel Vargas is coming up. Max Muncie will be coming back. I'm not sure. They got Gavin Lux, who Nando loves. They got Chris Taylor. They've got AJ. So does Jen Piacenti, by the way. Hey, go to Jen. You 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 know what I mean? That this I don't know that if he gets fifteen million dollars to come back for a year. I don't think twenty. I think you're right on twenty. Otherwise, I would have given him the eighteen point six. But I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I also I just keep having this image of him in like Toronto for some reason. That's who I think could pay. Someone's gonna pay. I could see that. Someone's going to pay for Jansen. And that's why I'm not drafting Jordan Romano anywhere. Well, it might be a little ways off. I just don't trust it. But, uh, you know, inter- interesting conversation. Our uh, our fantasy baseball draft kit's out. And uh, I feel like I should mention, like, we have Greg Jewett writing for us. And he put his rankings, top 60 rankings out. And uh, these turbulence ratings, which are really cool. He's a very creative thinker. Uh, but he's also probably, like, the guy. Like, we brought him in because he's, like, the guy for closers. Like, he's just, like, honed in on closers. And he knows closers better than anybody. He follows them better than anybody, so. Okay. And Mike Curlin joined us, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Jewett was in context. But, yeah, Curlin's all, Curlin and John Legeza. Legeza's amazing. Um, just read his stuff. Like, he, he reading his stuff, like, there's no filter between John Legeza the person and John Legeza the analyst. So, like, you can read his stuff in his voice, and it's just a rollicking good time. But it's so smart and so deep. And uh, something's coming up tomorrow, and he's just he he made me a believer in Charlie Blackman. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a believer. Yeah, with like a home uh, home hard hit rate, I think it, he brought. He, there's this there's stand there. It's crazy. What is Curlin doing for us? Curlin does lineups. I don't know. Awesome. Like, I think I think I talked about him on the show last year. I definitely you did. I feel like everything I've done in my career to this point has brought me to just be happy that I can grab a guy like Mike Curlin and add him to a staff. Well, you know, you're like the GM of the of the athletic fantasy. Yeah, there you, you go. start every email with hello friends, which yeah. is appreciated. <laughs> I know. Why don't you tell us, not uh, not Nando? Why don't you tell us where your Tout Wars draft is so far? Round six. And who have you taken? Oh, so I, I took. I've been. T- you know what? I, I have Mike Trout. I've never had Mike Trout ever on any team. I have Mike Trout everywhere so far. I got Mike Trout again. Uh, I don't. You know what's funny? Hold on. I don't know what number pick I am really. You should probably look. Well, I can't. Now, like the way fan tracks is, I can't scroll up and down. I'm not on the board. You're going to get horned again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Who else did you take? Uh, there's a long. Uh, okay. So I got Mike Trout yeah. uh, and then Shane Bieber. Okay. And then either Julio Urias or Wanda Franco, I took next. I don't know. I can't you remember. Took sure. oh, you actually, took Julio Urias. Oh, actually, it says it right here. I took Julio Urias 340. Yeah. Third round, uh, 40th overall. Wanda Franco, fourth pick, 51st overall. And then Austin Riley was still there in the fifth round, the 70th overall. And okay. uh, you all heard me take Jack Flaherty at 681. All right. So you do not have any closers. And you're in a 50 team. 
15 team league, yeah. Yeah, f- f- you're going to have to get some closers. I got I got Jewett. I got his rankings. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> and where does he have where does Jewett have Kenley Jansen on that list? I don't know. I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? Well, you were just talking about how he's got this top 60 while we were talking about Jansen. So <laughs> but I didn't I memorize it, where he put okay, Kenley Jansen. I kind of thought that it was, you know, it was there somewhere. Funson the edited him in. He has a much more, uh, hold on, uh, here we go. Let me go to the rankings part of our page. Go to Greg Jewett. Welcome to this ride, everybody. Top 60 RP rankings, an introduction to bullpen turbulence ratings, and more. Let's go. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Let's see. Oh, you know, I'm just going to put Jansen. Uh, no, now I'm hitting all the stuff where he wrote about Jansen as a, are you happy you did this, Ian? You stopped the entire show. High quality podcast. Make sure you give us five stars. All right, Kenley Jansen, number seven. (laughs) Number seven. Yep. See, that's what, I I don't know. DVR, what do you think? That's what I'm seeing a lot of is Jansen seven. Jordan Romano's eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, but DVR, you're, you're kind of against that. You do not believe that. Or do you think that Jansen signs elsewhere and does well? Or do you think this is, you know, the, the, the train ticket is up and can't use it anymore. It's expired. I don't think another contending team would sign him like a great contending team would sign him to be uh, like a seventh inning guy. I think a team that goes out and gets him just wants him to be the ninth inning guy so they can figure everything else out. So I, I have Kenley Jansen, what, 10th, I think, overall in my reliever rankings. Where are you? Can you read the top 10? He's 10th for NFBC, too. Yeah, I've got, I've got him ninth. I have Hader Hendricks, Classe, Iglesias, Presley, Edwin Diaz, Chapman, Trinan, Jansen, Kimber. Wow. But this is the problem. Wow. Wow. Trinan, that's very high on Trinan. I have this problem like with it. Trinan, and I have this problem with Justin Verlander, where I know the market is not nearly as high as I am on those two players, and you have to play some sort of snake draft chicken game to not grossly overpay with Trinan, I think it's actually easier than Verlander. I mean, if you said, Absolutely. who would you rather 100%. have straight up Verlander or Jack Flaherty in a mixed league? I would actually take Verlander straight up over Jack Flaherty this year. Would you? Well, wait a minute. When you took Flaherty, was Verlander gone? He was not, but I thought I could have both. I got greedy oh, and okay. I was wrong because uh, Verlander uh, went, I think, two picks before my turn in the eighth round. So you gotcha. will guess wrong sometimes by trying not to overpay. But then if you, you know, if you're not willing to just take players in the order you have them, you, you have to accept those times when you guess wrong. That's the, the cost of being greedy in this case. Turns out I have the 10th pick, by the way. Okay, 10th pick. So, All right, does that change anything? I don't know, does that change anything? I mean, no, I, but that, that's that same question about chicken. Like, it, there, it is possible that Trout falls to 20. Oh, come on, no way. <laughs> oh, Get yeah. Get out of here, man. Oh, yeah. Are you playing OBP Mike, no in the draft and hold for Tout Wars? Oh, are you playing OBP? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm drafting this team. <laughs> you better take a look, because if you're playing OBP... Yeah, I think Tout won all the OBP. Where do I find rules? You're going to want to double check that, just... Just to be sure. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> Dear Mr. Zola, important. what are the rules? Oh, don't do that to Todd. <laughs> no, don't. Please don't, course, please don't. Should I do, do that to Todd? Todd that. No, right, don't do fine. it. Don't do it. Leave Todd alone. He's he's he, he, he's the man, though. I do enjoy that Todd Zola. He, he's a, he's a fun. Listen, he talk, calling Todd Zola and making trades with Todd Zola is fun. I am a fan of that. He's funny. on. He's got funny Facebook. Yes, funny Missives. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He All right, is. so where are you guys at? In TGFBI, like where, like, are you both? Are you in a good, good, good pace league? Decent. How, how where are you, DVR? I just made my twelfth round pick, and I had oh. another another one of these little issues where I, I took Luis Severino with the pick because I had him higher than Logan Gilbert and Sonny Gray, 
And I think based on what the room tends to do, both Gilbert and Gray usually go earlier. But the gap here is pretty small. It's not as much as it is with Verlander compared to where I have him ranked and even Trinan compared to where I have him ranked and where he's starting to go in more recent drafts. Uh, so I, I think with Severino... People are forgetting how good he was before the injuries. I know there's there's elevated there's risk a lot for of sure. Injuries. A lot, I mean, a it's lot a lot injuries. of lost time. But he's dealt with the AL East. He's dealt with Yankee Stadium. Being a right-handed pitcher in Yankee Stadium where lefties get that boost. And he's had monster seasons. Two seasons with over 190 innings with great ratios. Well over 200 Ks. Obviously a good bullpen to protect his lead. Uh, his leads as well. So, I mean, this is... To me, this is a really good spot, this pick 175 range to get Severino. I think, going back to previous drafts I've done, okay. are you are you willing to take on more than one guy with this significant lost time profile? And I don't think I don't think I would want to do that in draft and hold leagues. I think in leagues where you could make moves, and again, this is most leagues people play in, I think you can have a couple guys like this because depending on the number of teams in the league, replacement level is high enough if you get burned. If they get hurt again, you're not completely screwed. In a 12-team league, I think you could have two or three guys like that. In a 15-team league, it's probably one. Maybe it's two if you're a really good player off the waiver wire. I just, I got to say, Severino makes me so nervous. I, I just can't, I don't find myself grabbing him at this point. Isn't there somebody who said, I mean, he got it fixed. Yeah, two years in a row. Back at the end two of the year, though. Two years in a row. No, they were related. Yeah, though, yeah. Right? I mean, weren't they related? Yeah, but two, I mean, I don't know. As a Yankee fan, I, I, I'm not counting on Severino to throw more than 100 innings this year. He's really important for them to be a legitimately good team this year, I think. They need, they need quality from him. I agree. I just don't know that he's going to be capable of doing it. I just think he's going to tire out. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, I really hope I'm wrong because it, it would help the team. Where did you... Did, Wait, I'm you okay with training? tiring out. You're worried he's going to just tire out? Like after like 140 innings or something? I'm worried he's going to end up on the on the the injured list. And after he's on the injured list in TGFBI, you only have 30 slots. There's no injured list. So you carrying an injured player eventually becomes really problematic. You end up dropping them, and then someone else picks them up for August and September for three bucks about two weeks before he's supposed to come back. That's that's the image that I have in my head about Severino and something like this. If there was an IL in your league, in the league, I'd feel more comfortable. Uh, but it makes me nervous. Though I'm the guy who took Corey Seager and Byron Buxton. So, you know, what the hell do I know? I think Seager has only moderate injury risk. The major injury was hip surgery. He hasn't had any problems with his hip since then. I think, wasn't it a hand injury last year? Did he get hit by a pitch? Yeah, they both did. I mean, yeah, Buck, well, Buxton, I, he has he has what I, had, what I call accident-prone and injury-prone problems in his past, right? When you have both, it's so ugly in terms of missed time. But accidents are, they're accidents. They're just that, right? Collisions with walls might be the way you play the game, but you can modify that. You can be less aggressive trying to make plays in the outfield. Getting hit by pitches, totally random, unless you set up in a position where you're like over the plate and going to get hit more. Some guys do that. I don't think Buxton is necessarily you know one of them, right? So I don't know. I, I think didn't get out of the way. Well, I, I, that's a talent. That that is that is way. a skill, but it's probably a lot easier said than done. I 
I like Buxton. I, I think he, I he makes too. a lot of sense where he's going. It's just, again, balancing. I it reached out. and I reached. I mean, he was going 55 and I took him 45. So that's a bit of a reach. But like you said, no way he's coming back to me. And in an overall, not that I'm going for an overall, I'm going, I have a pretty high ranking uh, in the overall for TGFBI over the course of four seasons or however long they've been doing it. I'm, I'm pretty high up there and I want to stay up there. So I, I don't care if I win the overall. I mean, I'd love to win the overall. Who doesn't want to win the overall? But I want to just do a really good job every season, stay in the top three, and, you know, hold my rank. Oof. What do you think the odds of Byron Buxton winning the AL MVP are? Uh, 3%, I want to say. I didn't mean the percentage. I mean, like, it, at, at what price point would you be interested? If he's 35 to 1, would you put money on that? Well, that's 3 That's three three percent is 35 to 1, isn't it? I'm taking your number and turning it into oh, okay, some odds, got but it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would, I, I would do that. It, yeah, at what number is that a good bet? Thirty-five to one on Buckstad. I bet he's longer odds than that. I bet he's twelve. Oh, I thought you had it pulled up. I can look that up if you want. Um, I'm, I'm getting there slowly, slowly. Right. Ah, thirty-five to one. Thirty-five to one's the right number. I bet you Buxton's more like eighteen or twenty-two. No, too much injury risk. Because listen, you got to set these odds. But you're not. These odds aren't always exactly what you know, the science says they should be. He they're be. they're designed to pull people all in right. or, you know, to, to yeah. Bet MGM has them at plus 4,000. So I, I all right, that's pretty good. One. Plus 4, Those are pretty good numbers so, off of, of the top of it. Ian, Ian ripping off 3%, me putting it at plus 3,500 and it being plus 4,000. I'm proud of everybody here. I feel like we all contributed something. Look at us. Aren't we Good teamwork, fancy. everybody. Good team. Good team. What is actually happening here? That was that was my favorite tweet of the week when someone you know when people tweet about something that happens on the show when when the guy uh, I forget the gentleman's name but he said my favorite moment is like oh he called it fan service when uh, you know I did a little Ariel and you did what what is happening here is <laughs> is genuinely a fun moment it for was me. Ariel as it was Cartman as Ariel or Ariel doing oh, it right that was it screw you guy no my Cartman is just Cartman. It's not Ariel. By the way, Ariel Cohen is a pretty good impressionist himself. He just he 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 doesn't do it on his show because he takes it all a little too seriously. He did the he did an episode of Under the Radar, but we never aired it. It was very good. <laughs> it was. It was very funny. I haven't thought about that in a minute. Yeah. So he's he's a funny guy, and he's really good at fantasy baseball. And he'll let you know. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's move on. All right, moving on. So stay tuned for, uh, I guess, next week. By then, we should be rounds 15 to 20, I would hope, right? We'll be done by next week. No. these. I mean, Tout yeah. Wars is moving very slowly. Tout Wars, it may be, but TGFBI will be done. By the time we do next week, we will be done. All right, so we'll be able to talk about a little deep, guys. But, all right, well, we're, we're, we're not going to get too deep. We're 30 rounds, so it's only 450 players. We won't get as deep as you will. You're going to be deep, 450 to 750. That's that's your money, baby. Oh man, I took I took down some names and I I wrote the names down and then forgot where I wrote them down. Like they're so, I'm like James Proctor and uh, Drew Mount. Trent Rosecrans wrote about him in a in a preview of the Reds. I think like the 40 man roster, like these guys who could do an okay job in camp and maybe shine or where their prospect. I don't even remember what this title was, but I saw I got this word file and I put these names down. And all I put after Drew Mount was HRs, and after Proctor, all I have is Sin. So I don't know why I like them. I got to go back and look at everybody again. <laughs> just, look at their, just look at their stats. You'll, yeah. you'll 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 remember. All right, tell us about the score sheet lead, the sport, the score sheet keepers. So my score sheet keepers are due the eighth, whatever day that is. Okay. Um, this is a very like I've built a team. I I am very bad every year. I was good for a while. I was hitting like five hundred, and then at a certain point, it's like you're mediocre. You just make the playoffs, you just miss the playoffs, and it's kinda like I gotta tear this down and rebuild it. It's a twenty four it's a twenty four team score sheet league with a lot like a lot of industry people in it. Um and I've been kind of in a rebuild for like five years. And it's just been accruing draft picks. Like I got Vlad Guerrero, I got Tatis, I got Spencer Torkelson, um I got a lot What's of good about, keepers. So how that's very good. How many guys do you get to keep? You can keep ten and then you can keep unlimited minor leaguers. Nice. And who has still minor league eligibility? They're not, you know, whatever. If they still have minor league eligibility, they have a little M next to them. You can keep unlimited thems. So I was, you know, I'm going through, do I like Forrest Whitley? So, okay. So the the minor leaguers start counting in the back end of your draft. So like you're round 40, maybe it's round 35 or whatever is your first minor league keeper. 34 is your next, 33, 32, 31. So you are losing capital at the end. If that makes sense. Got it. Yes, 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 yes. I, there's a league that I do that that uses Chris Fargus started a league that I'm part of that does this as the draft. Yes. So I had some, like I got Forrest Whitley, Davey Garcia, Mike Bauman, uh, Nolan Gorman. Those are, those are my my last cuts, but I actually ended up keeping Gorman. Well, he's, yeah, you have chose wisely. Yeah, but wait, yeah. who did you drop? Because all those guys are to be kept. I dropped Whitley, I dropped Garcia, I dropped Bauman. Okay. As of right now, did, I mean, I could put him back on. Did we talk about Forrest Whitley last week and talk yeah. about him being a keep unlimited? No, but no, no, no. Keep, keep unlimited minor leaguers. That's a you could you could hold. I don't know, man. I, I think, think I can hold. get. No one's going to jump on Forrest Whitley in like the fifteenth round, though. You know what I mean? Like I can still grab him. I think. Yeah, but it's the back end of your draft. I looked at his numbers when we started talking about him again, and I like they weren't good before he got hurt. Really, he's he's prospect, but I mean, like nothing's come of it. Okay. I don't know. I could always put him back in. I got to the eighth. 
that's why I want to bring it up on the show, selfishly. That's why we're talking about yeah. it. We talked about it last week. Both DVR and I both said that we thought that Forrest Whitley was a decent keep, as long as you didn't have to pay much for him. It sounds like you don't got to pay hardly anything for him. Well, I'd have so to give up, definitely. like... The fifty, your fiftieth round pick. Well, no, it'd be 35, 34, 33. If I keep ten, that means I'm up to like twenty, twenty six round. Yeah, but you just said that nobody's going to take him in the fifteenth round. So why would you give up keeping him in the twenty sixth round to take him in the fifteenth round? That doesn't. I'm make just sense. saying I can grab him again in like the twenty, you know, whatever late. I don't think anyone's going to get. Him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. I think you. I think you hold Forrest Whitley. But you know what? Do what you want. Oh, maybe I'll put him on a trade block. No one, will, no one will pay for him. That's one of those players that you got to ride it with. Yeah, but you know what happens? A lot of people set like, so now all these things are coming out. Oh, here are some players available. And you know it's the guys that, you go look at their team, like, oh, these are like your 11, 12, 13s. You know, like, you're not going to keep them. Oh, oh, right, right. So if you're thinking about it that way, then if you could get a guy from their 11, 12, 13 right. and give them a bunch of guys from the back end, right. yeah, then that makes sense. Then, then yes, then Whitley would be a decent piece to add. But please hold on to... There's no, there's no reason to drop MJ Melendez. You should, I'm not dropping MJ him. Melendez. No, we're the, oh, okay. Yeah. No, those are the guys I'm keeping. So though A through R are my keepers. Oh, okay. so Fra- oh, so Frankie Montez. That's who, so one of the guys. I think Nate Stevens, the commissioner, uh, had him on the list of the people you know who are available. Maybe I'll give him Forrest Whitley for Frankie Montas. You won't get that. Are you sure? I, he's going to cut him. He's going to wait he's for someone to offer him. something for Montas, and then he's going to cut him. Why would he cut yeah, him? That's a you don't, you don't offer these guys in this league unless you're going to cut them. This is like no, your trash. N- uh, not necessarily. That's not how uh, I play it. I would, I would no, no, because think about it. You give up. Montas can't be any worse than a seventh or eighth keeper. He just can't be unless he's the champion, if he's the returning champion. I think but he even, might even, I don't remember. I think Selfino won, actually. So eight or nine, whatever. But no, he's not going to give you, you're not going to be able to get Whitley for him. But but if you could get Montas instead of Tristan McKenzie, Nestor, Cortez, Loasaga. Oh, jeez, yeah. I, I, I would do it in a heartbeat Zach with Louther. all those guys. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> we love Zach Lowther your, on the show. And there's your opening for the show. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. All right, so uh, yeah, try to get Montas. It's going to be so much more expensive than you think. Is it? I don't. Th- I don't think you put a guy on the block like that. And hey, you know, I'll take prospects and picks. I, you you know the league better than we do, so take the shot. But I, I think if Montas is available, I think he'd be. You, you, and you need pitching. That, that's a it's a great ad for you. Yes, you got to keep him over Loasaga, Cortez, or McKenzie. It's not even close. All right, well, for I'll, me. I'll send him a note and just be like, "What's the deal with Montas?" Also, don't listen <laughs> to the podcast if you do. Well, the podcast isn't coming out until Friday, so you got some time. Perfect. Days. Yeah, let me get on this right now. That's right. Get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. Get it done. Getting on the phone is very, very valuable. You guys should join up as co-managers. We'll have fun. No score sheet almost ruined my marriage. Vlad Junior Tatis. Did you hear what he just said? Did you 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 you're burying the lead? He just said that score sheet league almost cost him his marriage. That's so crazy. So that that that's worth noting. DVR is not going to want to go into that. I have a thought though about Dynasty. <laughs> well, he brought it up on a podcast. Yeah, he he moved through it quickly, and I'm moving through it now too. I have a thought that I want to share with people about. I, I've been talking to a lot of friends, and they call me up and they say, "Hey, look, I took over this Dynasty league, and this team sucks." But you know, I I said I would do it. I just want to say to everybody out there, if you get offered to join a Dynasty league to take over a team, there's two reasons to do it. One, it's a good team that you're excited to join. Or two, you're going to be playing with a higher level of player than you've played with in the past. So it's almost like a promotion, right? So you'll take over. I remember when I joined DL1 all those years ago, I took over Andrea Lamont's team. I joined that because I wanted to play with 
you know, with, with these players who were really great players. And I was not at that level yet. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll take it over. Cause I want to be in that league. Marcus Potter, Alex Cushing, Rich Wilson, Tim McLeod. Like it was a, it was a really good league that I wanted to get into. If you're not taking over a team that advances you as a player or that you think you can win with in a couple of years, don't do it. Don't do it. If you get a chance to play, if, if, if I invite you in the league, when you get to play with Dark Van Riper and Nando Dufino, and it's not that great of a team, fine. But you get to play with Dark Van Riper and Nando Dufino. But don't just like, oh, well, my friend said take it over. I'm so not good did, in season. Now, I'm not a good in season player, though. I, I was being nice. I'm not a lot but, of fun to have in, in the league. <laughs> you're very fun to have in the league. <laughs> not, you're, you're I'll do the bare fun. minimum. I'll make pickups, but I don't like, I'm not posting on message boards or answering phone calls. <laughs> I'm making a different point. I invited Chris Mayer into. Um, Maki, right? The baseball pods, our friend from baseball pods. Is it Mayor? Is it Ma- Ma- Chris, if I got your name wrong, my apologies. Yeah, God forbid you do that. I- That's <laughs> 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 uh, funny. Yeah. I invited him into Maki and he was like, yeah, I want to play. I want to I want to be in a keeper league with you, with Derek Van Riper. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure, sure, sure. The team's not going to be good right away, but hey, I get to play with some good players and Clay Link's in that league. You know, I get, I'll do it. And he was great, and he was a great league mate, and he made his team better, and he was very active. So I invited him to Devil's Rejects with Ken Balderson, who's another great player that I've been playing with in DL1, that other league. And I invited both of them in, and they got to join Devil's Rejects, which is talked about. It's an industry league. It's a really good league. They're taking over really bad teams. It's going to take them four or five years, but they get to play with Eno Saris and with James Anderson and with uh, Jeff Pontus and just great, great players. You've missed two sound effects this show, by the way. That's all right. Man, all right. Yeah. Ding. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> Eno Saris. Eno doesn't have a have a sound effect. So anyway, I just really, I, I have friends who call me up and they're like, can you help? And I'm like, yeah, get, get it, get it, get someone to take over your team. That's, that's my, you took it over a year ago and it looks like this and it's not going to get any better. Get a partner and hand it off. That's what I would recommend. Don't just leave a league. Don't leave anybody in the lurch, but don't take over teams. What about monetary considerations? Like, if you're going to take over a crappy team, should someone be like, we'll pay your fee this year, we'll waive your fee this year? Yeah, but but even then, don't do it. It's not about the money. It's about the time. It's about the frustration. Also, I mean, you're putting you're putting money. If you say, hey, this league's 200 bucks, why would I take over a horrible team that needs like a three-year rebuild? We did that in deal one. We gave a, a an owner that we're, that we're all friends with, we gave an owner a couple of years of of freebies on that. And it was good for him. Look, if you get to play in a league like Devil's Rejects, here's the upside of it. You get to watch the other league mates make moves and you get to learn stuff from it. And they go like, wow, why the hell would he do that? Oh, there's a reason. Oh, and then you can invent your game. That's the idea. But if you're not advancing your game, don't take over a crap team. That's it. I wanted Uh, to share that with everybody because... I just wanted to share that. The person who the person knows who I'm talking about too, because I said this to them on the phone, and I wasn't even trading with them. You can tell us off air. It's probably Steve Gardner. No, it was not Steve Gardner. <laughs> no, 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 no. Steve. Uh, it was probably Doctor uh, Doctor Scott. No, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. But I'll tell uh, you. Right, we gotta go. Do we I'm, have to go? It's been what, an hour. What are you doing? Well, yeah, you know, I've been noticing other people do podcasts for like an hour and thirty three minutes. Take it up with the boss. DVR is right though. An hour is good. Just get him in, get him out. I think he actually wants forty-five minutes. But no, you know, yeah. no. DVR, Derek Van Riper, do you want us to cut down to forty-five minutes? I really have no preference. Let's go two hours then. If you have ninety minutes worth of content, give everybody ninety minutes. If you have forty-five minutes worth of content, don't take ninety minutes to give out forty-five minutes worth of content. 
and based on tonight, we're screwed. Yeah, right. We broke our own rule. <laughs> we really did. But hey, the things have changed. There's no, we, we were expecting at this point, and at this point, people should be signing. We should be talking about who's going to be the closer, who who's doing well in spring training. We're still talking about some of the old stuff. So it's unfortunate. It's sad. But at least we get to get together every week and do the show, which is awesome. That's all that matters. We're going to be here lockout or no? Yeah, we will. So get excited. This is unbelievable. Frank Schwindel and Cody Bellinger have the same odds to win the NL MVP. I would put down $12 on Byron Buxton winning the MVP. Where'd you get $12 from? Yeah, why not 10 I don't know, because I want that extra two bucks. <laughs> That's like, what is that, 400 and... What's the math? It's good. 480? Yeah, 480. 480? Yeah, so... You don't actually have to do the math 10. anymore. You can just put it right into the site. Let's use fantasy and sports betting to at least exercise our brains and make us do a little bit of math. Well, you'd get your 12 back, too, so I think you'd, you'd walk away with 492 then. Before we leave, because I'm not ready to go yet, it's a, it's a show after dark. It's a Nando after dark. Yeah, I don't hear any ice. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's a Yeti <laughs> full of water, sir. What is that, your latrine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's my water bottle. Don't be freaking funny because we already have the opening of the show. What's the matter with you? Um, I'd love to do like three more. And, and actually, not a one of you pick them out. And Derek and I can guess what the uh, odds are. Oh, this is like okay. What we would right. put the odds are. I got the whole grid in front of me. Yeah. So, All maybe, right, so maybe maybe I, maybe we'll go the other way. Maybe All I right, should throw the numbers you do out there. Yeah. Wait, now I'm looking at it. So oh, stop looking at stop, it. Yeah, Nando. What are you doing, Nando? Nando? Stop looking at it. What are you doing? Nando. All right. Actually, why wouldn't it be Nando? Isn't it Fernando? It's Ferdinando. Ah, the it's Italian. De. It's the De Ferdinando. I love it. That's so cool. That's why you're so cool, man. Thanks. You're so cool. Thanks, pal. You're so cool. <laughs> Thanks, no, you guy. I've known for four years who just discovered my name. Four years? I've called you Nando forever, but for some reason I called you Nando and I'm going to go with it. All right, uh, DVR, give us a test. I'm just waiting for the alternate pronunciations of Ian's name that Nando's going to. I know there's no way to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. Are you kidding? Every girlfriend I ever had when I was growing up had a mother who never got my name right. DJ LeMahieu, by the way, fell really far. 120th, 140th pick, DJ LeMahieu. That's 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 pretty fall. That's pretty far fall. That is a far fall. And I, I think there's a lot of evidence on this podcast that we need to donate our brains to science when our time on this earth is over because there's just something a little off with all three of us. Cool. There's pr- Give proof. Us three. I mean, there's just proof right, right there. Here we go. Here we go. Here we That's go. That's why it works. Okay. Here's uh, here's a fun does. one. Most entertaining. Everyone said we were so entertaining, especially you, Nando. Nando. Go ahead. NLMVP. <sighs> Let's go Pete Alonzo. What do you think the odds are on that one? This is bet, this is bet MGM? Bet MGM. Yep. All right. Pete Alonzo for NLMVP. Nando, you first. Well, he's a Met. And I know they, they, they skew New York. They bring it down a little bit. Uh, Pete okay. Alonso, National League MVP, 35 to 1. 35 to 1. Ian? Huh. Are we guessing say... what they are or what, uh, like where I would bet? Well, kind I'm of both, I where guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, bet thir- I'll bet 35. I would take him at 20. 3% chance. You're giving him a 3% chance. I'm going to take a 4% chance. 2,500. Yeah. Right? Is that it? 2,500? Yeah, 2,500. I'm surprised. He's plus 4,000. And they're... Probably going to be good this year, and I think he's going to be huh. really good this year, and he does things that would maybe make people vote for him, right? And $12. 
I'll put down twelve dollars there. I mean, compared to like, like Vlad Vlad Junior on the AL side is plus four fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Ian's going to the ATM to take out eighty four dollars exactly. <laughs> Gonna love to see a broken yeah. ATM in Ian's neighborhood because he Excuse me, refused ma'am. to take out a normal amount of money. I just want, I need singles. I need singles. All right, what's next? Okay. Let's go AL MVP. Yeah, I like AL better. I know the AL better. AL MVP, Kyle Tucker. Ooh. Ian, you can go first Ooh. this time. I know, I can't, I gotta recuse myself because I looked this up when you were bringing up uh, um, whoever was 4,000. It's very gentlemanly of you. I know. And also, Selfino uh, wrote about him. I edited that one. Uh, so, dang it, Selfino! If Vlad is four fifty to one, four fifty, that means he has like a twenty five percent chance. Is that? Is that, I don't know the math. I don't understand. I don't the know math. why you're doing this math. That's not quite how. I mean, it, it's not perfect for these kinds of things because they have to structure the odds based on how much money is coming in on each player, right? Okay, I'm going to say eleven percent chance. Eleven. That's too high. Eight percent chance. Eight percent chance that Kyle Tucker wins the MVP. Eight percent. Okay. Well. He's plus 3,500. Am I right? That's 35 to 1. So, no, I'm way, I'm, way I'm quite off. a bit off. You should off. be all so, over that bet based on how likely you said it is that he'll win the AL MVP. That's true. All right, but I keep doing this. and I'm going to get far over 100%. $1,200 later, Ian has bet on several <laughs> players to win MVP awards. And now there guy. goes my Bogart. marriage. <laughs> there goes my marriage. What's Mike Trout? Or should we guess Mike Trout? Or Nando, have you already seen Mike Trout? I've already seen Mike Trout. What do you think he is? Well, everyone's like a 3% chance so far. So I'm going to say a 5% chance for Mike Trout. Plus 400. Vegas is all in on Mike Trout just being Mike Trout again. By the way, wow. if, so I feel like it's our duty to be like, we're partners with BetMGM. And they're, if you just go to anything that's written on our betting side, you can get a, a pretty good deal with a year of the athletic for free. Yes. But ah, okay. it's also Sorry. my obligation as the managing editor of sports betting section to tell you that, I mean, Mike Trout might not be 400 everywhere. You know what I mean? He, you might, he might be 600 in a couple places. So Yeah. Yeah, but the, 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 what they're saying then is there's a 10 times better chance that Mike Trout is going to win the MVP over Byron Buxton? No. Um, isn't, isn't that what they're saying? If Buxton's 4,000 They're going to get a lot more bets on... Mike Trout at plus 400, so their liability is much smaller if the payout is only plus 400. Everyone's afraid to bet on Byron Buxton for MVP so they can have longer odds on him to entice people like us to say, this will be the year that Byron Buxton plays in 95% of the games and does all the good things all at once, right? So they have to put that out there to get us excited about him because most people are not messed up enough to actually throw $12 on Byron Buxton winning the AL MVP, even though I think it's a good idea. Actually, I really do think it's a good idea. I mean, 12 bucks, if he does stay healthy, the only problem is one thing I just realized, there's no uh, very little chance the Minnesota Twins are going to win, make the playoffs, even if there are 14 teams there. And because of that, if there's very little chance that they make the playoffs, less likely that he's going to win the MVP, right? Although Otani won the MVP last year. So what's Otani then? Like, huh? Plus 350. He's the odds on favorite in the AL. And Trout's number two? All right, so just go down the list from the Otani top. Otani was like, I think Otani was, Otani might have been 40 to one or 20 to one last year. Otani had long odds last year when it started. I mean, I think something I was going to spit out there as a hot take earlier is that I feel a lot, <laughs> I feel a lot of the same things about Buxton right now that I felt about Otani 
last year where it's like, look, he's been hurt and he's missed time. He's really good if you look at the underlying numbers. Yeah. So, you know, buy the rookie I cards. I took Buxton for average, bro. I took Byron Buxton for his average. There's bro. He's back. Yes. Oh, I did. <laughs> All right. That's it. Bro, get him on the bench and splash that three from the now. corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Byron Buxton. I'm going to go put $12 down at MGM. <laughs> It's happening. It's 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 who wants in? Who wants who wants a piece of this action? Let me know. You can do it. You're in New York. Before the pandemic, we were going to drive to the sports book. You were going to pick me up. We're going to drive. You're going to pick me up too. Those, you guys were going to come get days. me. Like yeah, we're right. going to come to Wisconsin <laughs> and then drive all the way to back to Jersey. Hey, if anybody wants to watch something really funny, really funny, go on. Um, <laughs> I better figure out what this is. Uh, there's a go go on YouTube and get, putting Gary Marshall Albert Brooks. There's a scene from, I think the movie's called Modern Love, but if you put that in, and he does this whole bit about, um, like, he goes to Las Vegas, and Albert Brooks loses all his money, and Gary Marshall's playing the the owner of the casino, and Albert Brooks is like, give us our money back, everyone will be really happy, you know, and then Las Vegas will be known for heart, and Gary Marshall's like, it's not for heart, it's for gambling, if people want to, you know, shoot beavers, they go to Wisconsin, and so when I said that Wisconsin, it just it made me laugh. So go go check that out, Gary Marshall, and Albert Brooks. I promise it will make you laugh. Better or worse than Cannonball Run. <laughs> Cannonball Run was not my call. Midnight Run was my call. You said <laughs> you said that Midnight Run. This should have ended our friendship right here. You said Midnight Run was not as good as Cannonball Run Two. Yeah, Two. Cannonball yeah. Run Two. Whew. Watch them both and let me know. Like Nando telling me that Caddyshack Two is better than Tommy Boy, that doesn't make any sense. Caddyshack Two with Jackie Mason. I, I do an impression of Jackie Mason. As soon as we go, get off air, I will do my Jackie Mason impression. I mean, why at this funny. point? Why save it for off air? We've already blown because past I don't want to do it. I, I did a little bit of Gary Marshall. I did a little bit of Ariel Cohen. I did some Cartman. You did a lot. And I did, did a lot. Of that's Cohen. enough. That's a lot of that's range. If it, yeah. If you if you guys want to hear Jackie Mason next week, you know, put it in the rundown. And I'll, I'll I'll do it. But yeah. After the show. All right. Let's remember to do that. All right. Should we go now? We got to go? Yeah, that's it for the man. Next week, we'll talk about a lot of this stuff. Rookie of the year is intriguing. I got a guy. I got a guy. All right. All right. We got to go for the man who doesn't know how to pronounce my name, Ian Khan. That is not true. One slip of the tongue, Tacky. (laughs) For the man who's uh, (laughs) going to be giving Ariel Cohen... 60 coins next time he sees him for a candle. Derek Van Riper. <laughs> what? That's well done. I'm Nando DeFino. Thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun. We'll see you later. Bye. Good talk. Bye. Bye, Nando. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.